welcome back to the ACMS podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's podcast with Kinsley. It was great to hear that he got accepted at the University of Utah, where he is going to get his master's degree in real estate development and architectural urban design. Today's guest is an alumni from the University of Utah, where she got her master's degree in real estate development. If you guys go back a couple weeks ago, you get to hear the first episode where we get to hear how they're able to gather investors, where they're able to establish a pool of money and team up with other companies, taking projects that would help the community and making sure that you build a bridge with the community and have a relationship with the community. I highly suggest you guys listen to that episode. Hillary Hansen is a land analyzer for Lennard, one of the largest developers in the United States. She gets to talk about some of the challenges and also the projects that she has currently worked on. And also we get to hear a lot of the details within her career. We're going to have to break this podcast in two episodes because it's so good that we have to cut it into episodes. So we'll have part one this week, part two next week. So hope you guys enjoy. Make sure that you guys join ACMS. Also are following Sister Macbeth's letter that she sends out weekly on job postings. And make sure that you guys are following us on Instagram on keeping up to date with what's currently going on in our department. Welcome back to the ACMS podcast. I am Josh, your host. Today's guest is Hillary. Welcome back, Hillary. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yes, we've had Hillary a couple of times. This will be the third time. Graduated from BYUI and also from University of Utah in the real estate development program they have there. And I'm really excited to hear a little bit of like analyzing land, what you personally do to the team. So wanted to go over a little bit what are the tasks and also as well some of the basically key factors that you put in for your team as trying to analyze exactly what you do for work. Yeah, so as a reminder, I work for uh, a home builder, a national home builder called Lennar, and they have division offices all over the United States. Their Utah office has been open for about three years now, and they came into Utah because they had actually acquired a local construction company here who already had a pipeline of projects kind of ready to go for Lennar to start on. They hired me because they're just now hitting the point where that pipeline is depleting. And so they're in need of more land so that we can build more homes. And so they hired me to help, um, like you said, analyze the land. So my role is I work under a senior land acquisition manager and also a director of land acquisitions. They are primarily responsible for finding the deals. It's helpful that Lennar is such a big and well-known company because we get sent, I would say, most of our deals. We're not out knocking, you know, door to door, trying to figure out, not door to door, not, you know, approaching farmers or whatever, finding out if they're interested in selling. Luckily, we don't have to do that. But yes, sellers will, will usually send us land that they are wanting to get rid of. And my job in that is because they find it, I help do the analyzing. And how that works is I usually will go out to the area of where the land is, kind of see what other subdivisions are being built around there. You know, we'll go into the model homes even to kind of gauge how it compares to our product. And then I'll take that information that I get and put it into what we call a a competitive marketing analysis spreadsheet. And it basically compares our product, again, with comps in nearby areas and does a financial analysis to figure out, you know, 
how does it really stack up, right? Is our maybe a state product, which is our largest product, does it offer as much as their estate product, you know, and so on and so forth. So that's probably the main role of mine is just constantly doing analysis. And I really love it because it helps me to get to know each submarket really, really well in Utah. And it's kind of an art and science thing, which I love. It's not just plug in numbers and here you go. It's like, okay, well, what kind of, you know, target market are we hitting as well? It kind of gets into that the marketing side. So yeah, that's basically what I do. Awesome. When you were saying earlier, like when you guys target a market and when mm-hmm. you're doing allies, I imagine like, say for instance, like different, obviously we know like different areas have a lot of more of like a higher social standards. I mean, not social standards, but higher class, I guess you can say. Like yeah. Like, higher income. Mm-hmm. Higher income. So mm-hmm. I imagine like you go off like from, I don't know if it's so much of like, if it's residential or if it's commercial, you go off mm-hmm. like what the appraised value is, or do you go off in general with like just the income of that certain area? No, that's a good question. Yeah. I, we luckily with Utah, right. There's enough home building going on that there's typically quite a few neighborhoods to use as sufficient comp data that I don't really have to go into the weeds on people's, you know, income for that city or which I do feel like that data is good to know. I I haven't had to use that yet in my job, but more or less, it's just what are other homes selling for, right? Like that's, that's kind of the the biggest thing because we want to be competitive, right? If we were, say, excuse me, an affordable housing builder, or kind of, we talked about this last time, affordable housing builder or a sustainable builder or a custom home builder, even like maybe that data wouldn't be as helpful, but because we're a production builder and there's lots of other production builders in Utah, that's generally the information I'm looking at is what are other homes in, let's say a five mile radius of this land that we're looking at. What are those homes going for? And sometimes there isn't, that data. So to give you an example, we just, uh, we're actually about to build our first home in Kaysville, Utah, which is in Davis County. Excuse me. And um, it's on the East Bench in Kaysville, uh, which is a very nice area. You know, you get the views of Davis County and even a little bit of Salt Lake County and you're pretty high up there. And there was no other communities for us to get comp data for. So I was kind of at a loss of like, well, how do I even gauge what these homes would be worth that we sell. And that's when you kind of go into, well, what are homes of similar sizes going for that were even built like 10, 20 years ago, right? So you uh-huh. kind of just like, you start at the top to see what the best comp would be, a new house with the similar square footage, similar included features. And if that's not available to you, then well, what are other homes of similar size construction even if they're not new what are those going for and kind of work backwards from there something that i really like thing that caused my attention a lot when you kind of like i guess you could say partner up with other companies and mm-hmm. you know, like earlier kind of in a way that lenar kind of inquires other companies like i imagine the other one a company that you mm-hmm. guys acquired is cal atlanta homes oh atlantic yeah so, yeah uh-huh yeah well, making you guys the creators of the, na- the nation's largest de- home builders, when you do, guys do margins like that and like introduce like new technologies that when you guys introduce the first Wi-Fi, you know, certified home, I imagine when you guys, when you guys do those kind of like new introductions into like the home builder industry, obviously mm-hmm. the price goes up for the home because it's new technology, but mm-hmm. do you guys see a difference like sending you apart from other home builders in that instance, like kind of making you like, you know, Hey, this is what we stand for, for like smart homes in that instance. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yes, I think innovation I, is a great word for it. I do feel like Lennar wants to be on the cutting edge of innovation, especially for being a production home builder. You know, we know that we're very similar to other big builders like DR Horton is another name. Let's see, California's got like KB Homes and, you know, there's a bunch of these big builders. And I think how we try to set ourselves apart is with with innovation. You know, they we try to be at the forefront of everything, right? Like, are we offering the best security home package that is included in the home? Do we offer, you know, the best, I mean, even options package? What, what's your carpet? What's your tile? Like, I... I think we do try to stay at the forefront of what what is offered uh, without obviously breaking the bank. You do have to keep a profit margin, right? And so it can't Mm -hmm. cost too much. But I will say what sets Lennar part two is they have this model called EI, which stands for everything's included. So what makes them different as a home builder is typically when you build a new home through a production home builder, you're going to end up not paying what the base price is, right? So if you go online, and it says, oh, you know, here's this 2,500 square foot home for 500,000. Typically, you're probably going to be paying more in options and premiums. And by the end of it, you're going to be paying uh, upwards of maybe almost 550 or 600,000 just in options and premiums because you want, you know, you want to choose what you want to go into the home, right? Lennar, yeah. they try to take the guesswork out of that, both for the consumer and for our production staff to make the home cheaper for us to build, but also cheaper for the consumer. And so what EI is, everything included, is basically you're not having we're not giving you the space price and then we're tacking tacking on all those options, but rather the price that you see on our website is the price, the final price that you get. So you're able to see what's included. What are my options without having to add an extra cost, if that makes sense. So I feel like that does kind of set us apart because I think that a lot of people are shy away from production home builders for that reason. It's like, well, the price that you're telling us is not actually the price we're going to pay. But with Lennar, it is because that's the way we do things is it's an everything's included kind of model. I'm on your guys' website and I'd get to see that like oh, yeah. no extra cost to you. All features and products are right. included already. And in, when you're using technology, you have less energy in that, I guess you could say eco-friendly or sustainable. In that right. Mm-hmm. And like everything is like personalized towards like to that person that lives there. And literally it's a home instead of like someone who's like, oh, I don't like this feature. I want to change this out. Great that you guys do that because it, I mean, you're right. It does set you guys apart a lot in that instance, especially mm-hmm. when it's like smart and luxurious. And that it makes a huge difference between like the, within the developing world of homes because there's there's so much competition mm-hmm. that I imagine the margins in general you want to like be set apart from other companies. So I wonder kind of like when you so when you do like for instance an analyzing for like a, a single family home compared mm-hmm. to like let's say for instance if it's like let's say a multifamily project or home how mm-hmm. is, is that something different when you do your analysis in general? That like I imagine there's like different zonings and stuff. yes yeah so Lennar does build townhomes as well every. Everything we build here in Utah is a for-purchase product, but I know that Lennar in other divisions across the country is also getting into the rental space. So apartments and, and townhomes being for rent rather than for purchase, but not Utah currently. So everything we do is for purchase. And so, yeah, I mean, we get a lot of um, deals with land. And, and also I wanted to clarify, so these deals that my bosses, my managers are getting sent, they vary across the board, right? Like it can be a master plan community of like, oh goodness, I don't know, 300 home lots and it can be a mix of like single family and townhomes that are allowed they're already it's already zoned ready to go 
we just have to decide if we want to buy it or not. And so, but then even there's other projects where it's like, oh, there's only 60 lots and it's all for townhomes. So we're, we're very open to what we want to buy. And it does make it fun for me because not every project is going to be the same. But with townhome analyzing, it's not too much different, to be honest, because Todd, there's so much development going on, so much home building. I can usually find new townhome comps as well, comparing what is that builder including in that townhome versus what we include? You know, how big is theirs versus how big is ours? Two car garage, one car garage, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, not too much different. We, uh, what you're, what you're talking about with zoning, that is more on the development, land development side. And that's not so much the side I work on. I'm more in acquisition. So do we buy, do we not buy? The land development team is the ones that kind of have to do the groundwork of does this need to get rezoned? And if it does, how much is that going to cost? And so on and so forth. So typically for me, I'm what I'm seeing come to my desk is things that are already zoned, ready to go. And then I do the analysis from there. So when you said earlier about like building like a master plan city and <clears throat> imagine like when you, those projects are you know fairly big because it, it, it defines a lot of the cities that you build into. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like it attracts a lot of like, you know, of a newer city for like, you know, suburban area, or if it's like even like just developing, you know, more like commercial or et cetera in that instance. Mm-hmm. But knowing now, like, let's say for instance, like a lot of, I guess you could say boomers that are retiring and everything and yeah. you know, living in these um, communities that are really exclusive in the way that, you know, everything's in that community, like golf and all the activities that they sure. do. I imagine that you guys, you know, every, seems like every developing company that I've been able to speak to like they're actively getting into that they senior living development oh uh uh-huh so how those projects in that instance like you know obviously you know those projects have a lot more amenities and features because you know Mm -hmm. these are for like a lot of our um i guess you could say seniors and senior citizens that live in those projects are those like the same like is there a different way to go into those projects in that way since there's a lot more different features and amenities that you right. guys offer by those communities? That's a good question actually. And we again, so every division, every division like in this in the country is do, does things a little bit differently at Lennar. So um Utah has not broken into the senior uh community market yet. So Uh, We currently don't have any communities that we've built that have only been or that have been senior only that that isn't to say that we never will. But you're right. Uh, Yes, the the amenity packages there, I think, makes that analysis a lot different. And of course, you're not comparing to just normal neighborhoods by that point. Right. Like you're having to compare to other senior communities. So yeah, I, we don't currently, I don't have experience really in doing analysis on senior communities, but I think in what you're saying, just amenities in general, that is something that we still have to look at. You know, for example, like I told you before, sometimes we look at these projects that are just townhomes and there's only 60 of them. You know, we're not going to build a clubhouse probably with a pool because there's only 60 homes, you know, but mm-hmm. maybe with a, with a master plan with 300 homes total, maybe that is something that we look into is, you know, would this be the target market that would want amenities or do they just want a big backyard of their own, you know? So you kind of have to weigh out what that type of client would want that's going to buy in that area. Uh, and this kind of goes back to that art and science thing. It's like, there's no cut and dry formula of, you know, this amenity goes here and this amenity goes here. It's, you really have to know 
what area you're buying in and, and, and who's going to be buying that, that kind of property and, and what do they want to see? So kind of varies. Yeah. From project to project, but um, I would imagine, yeah, senior, senior communities, it, you definitely take that into account a lot more for sure. It is a growing industry fairly popular now since. A yes, lot of I would agree. I've seen it yeah. way more now than, yeah. than even at the beginning of my career for sure. 